0: I will speak loudly. There we go. There it is. Seamless start to the year. Well, it's always a joy and it's always a privilege to teach here at Thrive. In fact, the beginning of the new year, it's always, it's always an exciting time. I remember a number of years ago, we were just kicking off the Thrive year, and we had just gotten our first pastor over the ministry, Pastor Elliot, for those of you that remember him. And I had just, well, with a cheer, even nice, I had just met him when then we had a Thrive Leader meeting at our house. And we had just moved, and poor Pastor Elliot went to our old house. So he calls me up at, from the old house. He says, Where yet? Nobody's answering the door. I said, No, no, you went to the wrong house. We don't live there anymore. And he said, Well, that's a relief. I said, What are you talking about? He said, I was about to have to schedule an emergency counseling meeting with you about your Buddha statue on the front porch. <laughs> So I went over there and checked it out. There it was on my old front porch, big, fat Buddha statue. Now Buddha apparently didn't help the new owners very much because, as we heard from our neighbors, they went through a bad divorce. And they just let the house go. They let it get all run down. And all the things that my wife and I had worked so hard at in this house just slowly started to fall apart. The Malibu lights that I put in the front lawn, one by one, started shorting out. The bushes we had planted all got overgrown the pain all started peeling off. And you know, honestly, it was frustrating. It's frustrating to work so hard at something, and then when your time of stewardship is over, just to watch it fall apart. Now, if that's frustrating with a house, how much more so with children? Because our time of stewardship over our children is going to be over one day as we launch them into the world. And imagine if the same thing happened with our kids. that happened with the house. And we had to watch from afar when all the stuff that we taught our kids, things like respecting God's words and his values, things that you thought they had taken to heart, no, they all started to decay. And when the child reached adulthood, when they turned away from God, imagine how heartbreaking that would be. That's why I want to make sure that we are good stewards of the time that God gives us with our kids. I want to make sure that we do everything we possibly can to invest wisely in our kids. And the good news is, Pastor Mike has just given us three great lessons on how to do that. Usually, we're following up one lesson. Tonight, we're following up on three lessons. Let's review where we've been. Week one of the parenting series, we talked about the urgency of biblical goals and how important it is to aim your kid in a biblical direction. Week two, we talked about the need for a godly launching pad. You want to have godly parenting, or you better have a God-centered home and a God-centered marriage. And then third, just this last week, we talked about the call for bold leadership, correcting and directing our kids. We've covered a lot over the last three weeks. And what I want to do tonight is get real practical. Because if there's any place in Compass Bible Church where this is ground zero, it is in thrive. We are living out this parenting thing each and every day. So I want to talk about all the great stuff that we've learned and how we can specifically and how we can practically apply it in our parenting. And one quick aside before I start, for those of you without kids, it's never, never too early to start thinking about this. Take advantage of these times when we talk about parenting to sit down, talk with your spouse. How are you going to react with kids? How are you going to handle these situations? Prepare yourself to be ready. And with that as background, why don't you go ahead and turn to Psalm 127. Turn to Psalm 127. This is the passage Pastor Mike turned us to the first week. And with all we've been discussing over the last three weeks, let's be honest, it could get a bit overwhelming. You can start doubting yourself, well, am I I being a good parent? Am I I shepherding my child in the right way? Am I I being a good steward? That's a big responsibility. Well, verse 1 of Psalm 27 is going to set your heart at ease. Psalm 127, verse 1 it says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Let me turn it around and state it the other way. If the Lord does build a house, if God is the foundation of your house and of your marriage and of your parenting, God's going to be with you, and your parenting is not going to be in vain, and there's a sense of relief that comes with that. But if we're honest, there's also a set sense of responsibility, and God's the foundation here. That's a big responsibility. We better take this seriously. Look further down in the passage, verse 3. It says, Behold, children are a heritage. From who? From the Lord. And the fruit of the of the womb, a reward. Children are a heritage of reward from God. They're given us, given to us by God. We better put some thought into how we parent. We better use some foresight, we better use some planning. We better be strategic if you want a steward this responsibility well, or as I put on your outline, point number one, you need to have a plan. You need to have a plan. Plan for what? Plan for parenting. I'm a big, big believer, if something is important to you, you take the time to plan. You do this with work, you do this with your vacations, you even do it with a grocery store, right? If you're gonna go somewhere, if it's important, you're gonna take the time to plan it out, and that's what you're gonna do. Those things are worth planning, how much more so your parenting. But let's be honest: planning your parenting is tough. Why is it tough? It's tough because kids, they're chaotic, right? They're running around, they're screaming, they're all over the place. And half the time we're just living day to day. We might picture parenting something like this. A little picture on the background there for you. There we go. That is my family there. And this is at Compass Bible Church Easter service. Look at those kids behaving all nice calmly. I got a happy wife there. This is maybe how we picture parenting. The reality, and some of you have lived this, this is like take 46 of this picture, right? Takes one through 45, we're a little more like that, right? It's a little, how that's just, it's a little crazy. Kids are crazy. Wife's annoyed back there. We've, we've lived this, haven't we? We're just surviving. Right? Success is if kids have a clean pair of underwear on. But no, no, no. Children, They're a heritage from the Lord. We owe it to them. We owe it to God to be a little more strategic in our parenting. That means you should be scheduling your time to sit down regularly with your spouse, talk about what's going on in your parenting, what's going well, what needs to change. My wife and I do this every year. We take a weekend to sit down and and set goals for our marriage. And every year, we set goals for our parenting as well. We even did this before we had kids. We set goals for parenting. Things like we got involved in leading an Awana small group or we we started babysitting for people just so we could see how it is we interacted with one another with kids. And Now that we have kids, we're setting goals, big strategic goals, important things in our parenting. And then we sit down and we talk to our kids about them, about these ways, important ways for them to grow and them to mature. Each of my kids, they, they have three big things they're working on each year. They have verses they got to memorize on each one. My older one's working on being truthful this year, opportunity for him. The younger ones, were just working on obeying him right away. Every week we sit down and we review, hey, how are you doing on this? Why? Because these are the important things. These are the big things. As they get older, you probably need multiple year plans for your kids. Just think forward and think, well, you know, at what point are we going to get them involved in serving at church? When are we going to let them get a cell phone? When are we going to have them start making their own lunch? Whatever it is, it is worth the time, trust me to get aligned with your spouse and be strategic and have a plan for your parenting. Okay, I'll have a plan for my parenting. Well, what kind of plan should I have, though? Good news for you, Pastor Mike has written a book on this very topic, Raising Men, Not Boys. Many of you have this. Um, I hope you read it. I tell you, I've read it. It is a fabulous book. This is required reading if you have boys. If you have girls and you got My Little Pony, or I don't know, I have boys, I don't know what you have, but great parenting advice and and learnings in this book, it is still worth your time. So what I want to do is take the great practical parenting wisdom in this book and just highlight a few key points for you of practical application. And to organize this, I want to go back to Psalm 127, if you still have that open, or it's on the side of your outline there. Let's pick it up in verse 4. Talking about children, it says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. And the visual here is of launching your kids like an arrow into adulthood. And to do that, you got to make sure that you are aiming them correctly. And as Pastor Mike said in the first of the three parenting series, if you're going to aim your kids, there's two ways you need to aim them. First way, and point number two on your outline, you need to aim them at real conversion. Remember that point. Aim them at real conversion. You're launching your kids into adulthood. You always need to make sure that your parenting is aiming them at conversion. Why? Because we want our kids to be saved. I don't know about you. I want to walk down the streets of the New Jerusalem and see my kids there. We want our kids to be saved. And yes, God is the author of salvation. But I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I possibly can to set the right foundation and the right trajectory for my kids. So underneath this, I've got three specific practical things that are necessary to aim our kids at real conversion. Point number one underneath this, you need to make sure you have a God-centered home. You've got to have a God-centered home. That means you are talking about God in your home every opportunity you get. It means your family is characterized by obedience to God, by service to Him you want your kids to have a respect for God, a respect for God's rules? Well, you've got to model that yourself because those, those little eyeballs, they're always, they're always watching you. My wife and I, we learned this early on in parenting right when my oldest one was just learning to speak. And right after learning maybe mama and dada, we were, we were driving in a car and we pulled up to a red light. And right when the light turns green, the car in front of us doesn't go, and we hear the little voice from the back seat, come on, people, We go, come on, people, that's funny. Where'd he learn that? Uh oh He learned that from us, right? Because he's always watching us. You want your kids to have a respect for God's word, an obedient heart, a love for God? You've got to model that yourself. That means they need to see you doing the daily Bible reading each day. They need to see you serving at church. They need to see you giving your time and your money for God. They need to learn that from you. Think about Paul in 1 Corinthians 11:1. 1, I believe it is. Paul says to the Corinthians, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. That's the model we're talking about here. You want your kids to be children of prayer? They need to see you praying. Look for opportunities to do this. I don't know, your kid loses a toy, upset about the toy. Well, stop. And pray with them. Pray that God helps them find the toy. And you know what you find the toy? What a great opportunity to rejoice with your kid in the goodness of God. And you don't find the toy? What a great opportunity for you to talk to your kid about how God always gives us not what we want, but he gives us what we need. Times of crisis, hurricanes going on, whatever it is, take time to pray with your kid looking for ways actively to bring prayer into your daily interaction with your children. How about thankfulness? You want your kids to be thankful? Well, you be thankful. Your kids should see you thanking God every day. James 1.17 tells us every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. Every week, we sit down with our kids, and we go over things that we're thankful for. We tell them, Thank you. we're thankful for God for this and for this, and then we ask them, hey, what are you thankful for? Building that in our kids. Kids are looking to you to lead the way, to have a God-centered home. Second thing you need as you're aiming your kids for real conversion is regular Bible study. Our goal as parents needs to be to get God's Word into our children. Romans one six one sixteen says, It is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. That means God's Word is the avenue by which your children are convicted of their sins. By which your children repent, and by which your children place their trust in God. If there's any doubt about the importance of this task, you don't need to look any further than Deuteronomy chapter six. Hopefully, this is a familiar verse to many of you. Deuteronomy six, talking about God's word. These words that I command you today, they shall be in your heart. You need to be thinking about them, you need to be meditating on them. And then you shall teach them diligently to who? To your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you're having dinner, when you're watching football, when you walk by the way, when you're driving down the road, driving them to school, when you lie down in the evening, when you rise in the morning, any place, anytime looking for opportunities to teach God's word to your children. Every night we read the Bible to our kids. My older one, he's doing the daily Bible reading on his own now, so I sit down with him each night. I've done the DBR, he's done the DBR. We sit down and talk about, what did you learn today? From when they were really young. You got picture Bibles out there. Start young. And then go deep. Make sure your child has a deep understanding of God. Not just that God's his buddy. Not just that God loves them. That's good to know. But do your kids understand that God's holy? That he's their creator? That he's just? Do they know the gospel? Do they know the conviction of sin? Do they know the need for grace? Pick up a godly book. And read it to your child and help them deepen their understanding. I'm reading a book with my, with my two kids right now on God's providence. You can go find them. Go over to Iwana afterwards, find my kids, and say, hey, kids, what do you know about God's providence? And they'll start talking to you about God's eyes and God's hands. His eyes, he's always watching over the world. His hands, he's always working in the world. When they were little, we did books like, uh, what was it, Big Thoughts for Little People, Theology for Kids. Or a great one. Bible survey for kids. It's right over there in the Compass bookstore. We did this for a number of years. Pastor Mike wrote this with the specific purpose of teaching kids just what is in each book of the Bible. There's A little page for each book, and you can learn about the book. There's a little space where they can draw a picture from the book, which makes it a great collector's item. But God's Word, regular Bible study, that is an essential part of Christian parenting. Finally, point number three, sub-point number three, Faithful church attendance. This needs to be the reality of your family. We go to church. This is not an option. So when you launch your kids into the world, this is a habit that they've already formed. There's people here at Compass Bible Church whose job it is or who's volunteering their time to teach God's word to your children. We've got amazing facilities, great programs, great curriculum, all designed to help your kids get to know God better. As parents of children in a fallen world, you need to be getting as much of that as you possibly can. You need to surround your kids with godly influences. I want my kids' best friends not to be the kids on the soccer team, not to be the kids at school, but to be the kids here at Compass Bible Church. So the kids influencing them, and they will be influenced by their kids, are good, are godly kids. So we get them in church every chance that we get. The weekend, we're going to be here. Doesn't matter, soccer schedule, whatever. We're going to be in church. We've got a wana, we got Thrive on Thursday night. Yeah, we're there. you got Edge on Friday night. You bet. Camp Compass, Revival. we got a Thrive meeting. We're taking them with us because I want my kids to see Compass Bible Church as their home. So they're excited to come. They're excited to see their friends. They're excited to learn about God. And one other benefit, it just fills up their calendar. I don't know about your kids. My kids are terrible with free time. And they plop down in front of the couch, watch TV, fighting with their brothers. No, I want to fill up their time with God's word and God's people. And The best way to do that is to have them here at Compass Bible Church. And hopefully, one day, if God's gracious enough, he's going to lead them to repentance and faith. And anticipating that one day, I want to aim them somewhere else as well. And I don't want to just aim them at conversion. I want to, I want to look to eternity And if you remember, I think it was in the first week of the series, Pastor Mike talked about, I believe it was D.L. Moody, on hearing about the birth of of his grandchild. He telegrammed back, and he said, That is good news. May they be great in the kingdom of God. And I thought, wow, I want my kids to be great in the kingdom of God. So I want to focus my parenting to pointing them in that direction as well. Point number three on your outline, I want to aim at true greatness. I'm going to aim my kids at being great in the kingdom of God. And again, a lot of ways to do this. Pastor Mike's book gives us a lot of great examples. I really encourage you to read this. I want to briefly cover five. I know five. Briefly, don't worry. They'll be quick. Five practical things we can focus on in our parenting as we aim our children at greatness in God's kingdom. First one, marriage. We need to make sure in our parenting, we instill a godly view of marriage in our kids. Kids need to see that the family in the family relationships, marriage comes first. Husband-wife is more important than parent-child. God made this clear very, very early. You go all the way back to Genesis chapter 2. It says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Man's gonna leave his parents, but marriage, that's that's for a lifetime. We should be constantly reinforcing this principle with our kids that our spouse comes first. No better way to do that than having regular date nights with your spouse. You know this. Pastor Mike's been encouraging you to do this forever. Yet every year, without fail, we have people coming in here to thrive. Their marriage is on the rocks. And we say, when was the last time you had a date with your spouse? And they go, wow. It's been years. It's been years. Men, leaders, leaders, of the household, step up and plan a date with your wife. Step up and get a babysitter. I understand that they are absurdly expensive. I don't know how, like three years ago, it was like two bucks an hour. Now you need like a home equity loan to get one. I don't know how that happened, but the people at MasterCard will tell you a night out with your wife, the wife of your youth, a night out on the town with no kids around, that's priceless. That's priceless. If money is really an issue, swap with somebody else. You take their kids for a night, they take your kids for a night. It's worth your time and your energy and your effort because God says that it's important. And you need to be modeling marriage relationships and marriage roles, I should say, for your kids. Dads, you need to be the leader that you're supposed to be. And moms, when you see your husband being a strong leader, praise your husband in front of your kids. And moms, you know your role to submit respectfully. And dads, let your kids hear you tell your wife how much you appreciate their support. You need to show them how a marriage properly functions so that when they grow up, they will have the right perspective and the right reference point to what a healthy marriage looks like. You got to work hard to stay aligned. Men and women, they're just wired differently. And there's times my kids are doing something crazy and funny and I'm tempted to just like high-five and bust out laughing and I look across the table and I see my wife is not impressed. (laughs) So be sensitive. Err on the side of your spouse. If your kids sense division, they'll play you off one another. So work hard to have a unified, a healthy, and a godly marriage because your kids will be better off if you do. Second, discipline. Pastor Mike just went deep on this, so I'll keep it brief. But godly parenting must involve discipline if you want to aim them at true greatness. I know it's hard. I know we don't want to inflict pain on our kids. But kids are way worse off if we don't do this. We've seen them out there, haven't we? The undisciplined children. Saw one this this, uh, summer around vacation up in Alaska, in the zoo of all places and there was, know, the kid was probably like four years old, screaming fit. And the conversation, I'll summarize it for you, went something like this between the parent and the kid. Billy, Billy, stop it. Billy, you stop that fit. I mean it. Billy, I am not kidding. Billy, I'm, I'm walking away, Billy. I'm leaving you. I'm going to leave you right now, Billy. Billy, I mean it. Billy, you stop that screaming. Billy, I'm counting to three. One, two, Billy. Billy, do you want ice cream? But I'm not giving you ice cream. And this is how the conversation went. And I looked at him like this kid, he's undisciplined. He's got no respect for authority. He's got no obedience, and he's in for trouble in this life. Discipline your kids. It's one of the most loving things you can do for them. You need to spank your kids. Proverbs 23 says do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, you give him a spanking, it's not gonna kill him, he's not gonna die. But if you strike him with the rod, you will save him from death. You will save his soul from shield. Why? Because you're going to teach him that there's consequences to his actions. You're going to teach his heart to follow God. How do I do this? Be consistent. Be consistent in your rules. Not one thing's wrong one day and right the next day. You've got to be consistent so they know what to expect. Have as few of rules as possible. You don't want this overwhelming set of rules. Just a few big rules so when they break them, it's a big and then discipline lovingly. Never, never spank out of anger. Your kid does something just stupid and you're angry. Take some time. Take a breath. Pray yourself if you need to and then come and calmly explain to your kid what they did. They violated a rule that you had made clear. Connect the consequence to that violation and then lovingly enforce it and then pray with them afterwards. Disciplining your child, it's not hateful, it's not harmful. The Bible is clear on this. It's it's one of the most loving things you can do. Point three, you got kids, we're going to have to deal with this eventually, and this is the topic of sex. Godly parenting means we're going to have to deal with the topic of sex. Kids are going to hear about it one way or another. We We want them to hear it from us. So don't shy away from opportunities to teach them God's views on sexuality. Teach them the proper context for sex is the marriage relationship. Teach them the importance of modesty, especially if you have girls, with what they wear. Teach them the importance of guarding their eyes if you have boys. It's a proactive, practical rules. No phones in the bedroom or whatever it is. Teach them the differences between men and women. That's how God designed it. Despite what their friends say or maybe their teachers might say, God's the one choosing their gender. They don't choose their gender. You're gonna to have to have the talk with them. Don't put this off for too long. Don't turn over the sex education of your kids to their friends or even to their elementary school health teacher. You want them to hear it from you first. Man up, have the talk. Sex is a huge trap for kids in culture today. You gotta to be proactive. Speaking of huge traps in our culture, another one is money. Another trap in our culture today. 1 Timothy 6.10 says what? What's the root of all kinds of evil? Not money, the love of money, right? You've got to be free. you got to teach your kids to be free from the love of money, and that means, that means they need to be content. I don't know about your kids. My kids, they're perfectly content all the time. They're always happy. <laughs> I wish, right? No, we got to work at it constantly. At the store, your kid wants something. Before, you just buy it for him. Ask, is this going to be beneficial? Is this going to help them? If not, say no. Teaching them delayed gratification. Teaching them to be content with what they have, well, that's going to do them a world of good. Teach them to be generous. Look for opportunities to teach generosity to your kids. My kids were bugging me to have do a, uh, do a lemonade stand. I wanted to do a dem- lemonade stand for, for weeks, months, really. So we finally did this over Labor Day weekend. And forget my kids. You're looking for a little bit of extra cash? Come over to my neighborhood and do a lemonade stand, because they just come out of the woodwork over there. It's amazing. So my kids were excited about this, and uh, we told them right before we were going to go, we said, you know what, this is what we're going to do, though. We're going to give the prophets from this lemonade stand to the church, the victims of Hurricane Harvey. You should have seen their faces. It just does not compute. We're going to do what? <laughs> Why are we going to do that? Why? Because we're going to teach you to be generous with what God gave us. Look for opportunities. Force your kids to be generous. Have people, invite them over to your house just so your kids will be forced to share their toys with them. We have a home fellowship group that meets in our house. we got like a whole bunch of kids meeting upstairs in our toy room, always messing with my kids' toys. Why are we doing this, Dad? Because you've got to share what you have. Reinforce a godly view of money with allowance. And if you give your kids allowance, be sure to have them tithe. Train them to recognize that everything they have is from God, and it's our responsibility as Christians to freely and lovingly give a little bit back to God. Classrooms here all have those little plastic piggies in there, and they can put their little money in there, but it trains them to get in the habit of giving back to God, training them to be generous to God with their money. So much more, so much more I don't have time to cover. Things like instilling a godly work ethic in your kid, how to think about chores, teaching them life skills from doing laundry to learning to cook. What's the role of fun and games? Take time to read this book. You'll be glad that you did. Review the lessons that we just went over these last three weeks. But I said there's five. There's, there's one last topic. Because this is Thrive, I'd be remiss if I didn't cover this. And that's point number five, seeking help. What do I mean by that? Seeking help. Look around this room. Look at everybody in this room. I will promise you, whatever you have going on in your parenting right now, whatever challenges you have with your kids, there is someone in this room right now that has already been through that and can help you. Find somebody. Find somebody more mature than you and just ask them for some advice. You don't have kids. Go find somebody with kids. Invite them over to your house. Make them some dinner and say, what have you learned from from parenting so far? What what have you done right? What would, if you go back? What would you do differently? This summer, I hit up uh, I hit up Sean Smith for some breakfast. I don't know is Sean here? I don't think I don't think he's here, but he's a mentor in one of our groups. Hit him up for uh, for some advice because he's got two boys, just like I got two boys. His boys are a couple years farther along than mine, so I said, "Hey, let's have some breakfast." And we just talked. Came away with some great advice that I'm now instilling in my kids. Sean talked about how he taught his boys a respect for women. He's got them holding the door for his wife as they go into a restaurant or wherever they're going. I said, that's a great idea. We, we've been doing that. My kids have been forgetting. I've been reminding them, but we're working on it. There's so much wisdom in this room. Take advantage of it. I know that that was a lot of stuff. This is like drinking from the fire hose. But I did this purposely because what I want to do is give you a snapshot, give you an overview. Hopefully you've got some nuggets you and take away in your parenting you can discuss with your spouse and utilize with your kids but let me close just by encouraging you so we think about parenting have a plan your children they're, they're they're worth it they're worth your time and your energy to plan and when you do aim them aim them at real conversion always looking for ways to get god's wisdom to get his word into your kids and aim them at true greatness you want your kids to be great in the kingdom of god get to work training them in God's ways. There'll be time to rest 18 years from now when they're gone. <laughs> Parenting, no, it's that important. Parenting and children, they're a gift from God. So resolve and resolve to be a good steward of the gift that God's given you. Let's pray. Lord, I do thank you for the, the privilege and the honor it is to have children what a responsibility it is lord you put us over these little lives and you've given us stewardship and you've given us responsibility and i pray for uh for discipline and for energy for everybody in this room right now to uh to stay the course to to focus and um and work hard at instilling godly virtues in our children i pray for the couples that don't have kids that they can work hard to set the right agenda and and and, um, and be ready for kids And uh, I just really pray for this small group time right now. You've given us some great lessons over the last three weeks, and I pray that we may come away with a better understanding of how we can instill your values in our children. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.